Welcome to the Generation Life Church Sermon Podcast. We are a life-giving church for everyone. We are multi-generational, multicultural, and exist to multiply by reaching our community both locally and globally with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that this message helps you in your walk with Jesus. Well, um, if you would, grab your Bibles and go with me to the book of Matthew uh, chapter number 11. And today we're going to only be in one verse, one verse all day. And that's going to be in verse 19, Matthew 11 in verse 19. And um, scroll there, turn in your Bibles, however it is you read the word of the Lord. And um, while you're doing that, why don't you just turn to somebody and just let them know, I've been waiting all week to sit beside you. There you go. There you go. Now look over at the other person, option B. And let them know, just declare to them, just say, you are an influencer. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, um, one of my uh, favorite attributes about Jesus is something that most religious people often find somewhat offensive. And that is while Jesus was on the earth, he was referred to as the friend of sinners. Remember that phrase as we go to the Word of God today. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background, this is actually uh, Jesus. And and Jesus is going to be sharing uh, of what other religious folk are saying about him on Instagram. Just kidding, Jesus didn't have Instagram, but if he did, you know. Uh, So we're going to be reading from Matthew 11 and verse 19 and um, coming out of the non-inspired version, the NIV. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, I just want to make sure you're on your toes this morning. Uh, But Jesus says this, he said, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Good night, a friend of the IRS. But then he said, But wisdom is proved by her deeds. So being labeled as the friend of sinners was a derogatory label that Jesus received while he was here on this earth because of the way that he would interact with those who were far from God, with with those who would be considered to be the, the outcast of society, the way he would interact with those who were living the kind of life that was contrary to what we see in the scriptures. And as a result, he got labeled by religious leaders as being the friend of sinners. The only real problem was that Jesus wasn't receiving this kind of criticism from those who were far from God. Jesus was receiving this kind of criticism from those who claim to be close to God. So now we're in a uh, series called Influencers, and this is part six of the series that we are in. And the title of the message today is The Friend of Sinners. Now, you know that we've been kind of spinning off of uh, social media, as we call it, influencers. But can you just imagine with me for a moment? Uh, Let's use our imagination and just imagine. Could you imagine if Jesus had social media? Like if he had a Twitter or if he had Facebook or if if he had Instagram, like in light of the scripture that we've just been reading, if Jesus would have had social media, they would have blew him up 
in the comment section on social media for how he was living how he was interacting with people. They'd have been like, ooh, did you see Jesus in the bar the other day? Ooh, he was hanging out with a bunch of tax collectors and drunks down at the bar. Oh, did you see that pic of Jesus last night? He was standing beside a call girl. He was standing right beside a prostitute. Don't they know that she hooked up with somebody last night and you're gonna tell me he's standing there beside her? Like if Jesus would have had Instagram or social media, they would have blew him up all over the web. Religious people would have been standing outside the bar and hollering and protesting, Jesus, come on out from among them, Jesus. What does light have to do with darkness? But maybe the reason why Jesus was interacting in this way with people who were far from God was because Jesus was on a mission that many religious people probably could not understand, but he let us know in Luke 5, verses 31 through 32. And you read that when you go home, but Jesus said the Son of Man came to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He said those who don't need a physician, they, there's no need for me to, to be with them. Like they who are not sick don't need a physician. What Jesus was saying, he's saying, listen, the reason why I'm intentional about developing relationships with religious people or non-religious people is because God loves them just as much as he loves you. See, what I love about Jesus is that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter where you're at, you're not too far gone for the love of Jesus. I love how you have not disqualified yourself from the love of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and he took your sin upon himself so that you could be forgiven. If you would confess your sin and dedicate your life to him, he will give you new life and life eternal. You understand what I'm saying? You're not too far gone for the love of Jesus. So this helps us to know that if we are a Christ follower, God has called us to be influencers for him. In fact, God challenges us. He commands us. He, he commissions us. And he doesn't just leave us powerless. He empowers us by his spirit to love and to lead those who are far from God to Jesus. That should be our life goal. Look at somebody and just say life goals. That should be our life goal. That, that should be our mission, that, that they might be able to experience the same abundant life that we have been able to experience who have now developed a relationship with Jesus. The kind of abundant life Jesus spoke about in John 10 and verse 10. You remember that one? He said, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, boy, I hate to step on toes this morning. Hope you didn't wear flip-flops today. We've been having such a wonderful time, and here we go with these. But can we just be real for a moment? Because it seems as though many of us in church today, myself included, we find this whole friend of, of sinners thing kind of challenging, 
right? Because we live in what, what we know as the, the Christian bubble. You know what I mean? You, you know the bubble, right? Where we're kind of isolated from today's culture. And, and we're kind of, um, we, we, you know, like we're, we're all in this, in this bubble together. And, and we kind of go out and then we, then we come in. And, and we even kind of almost have our own language in the church, right? Christianese. And, and if somebody comes from the outside in, they, they look at us and they don't even know what we're talking about sometimes, Oh, one time I was, I was so embarrassed. Um, my wife already knows what I'm going to say because um, I ran it by her, and she said it would be okay to tell this story. So, uh, But I remember inviting a friend of mine to church who, man, he was rough around the edges. He had probably never been to church like ever, ever into the church. And I had been working on this man for like two years, my friend Jim, and uh, Jim knew me, uh, he saw my transformation, right? Like he knew me pre the cross. Does anybody know you pre the cross and they see you and you're like, hey, I remember you. And you're like, well, hold on, that, that's not me anymore. Like I'm, I'm different now. Like, so he got to see that whole transformation. And then one day he said, Barreto, I'm coming to church with you this Sunday. And man, I was so excited. I told Katie, I was like, man, he's going to come. Jim's coming to church. And she said, man, we just had this incredible women's preacher, uh, uh, this incredible preacher at our women's conference. She's going to be preaching at my dad's church this Sunday. You ought to bring your friend Jim so that he would be able to hear her. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and, And so we found that she was a dynamic women's ministry preacher. But she didn't do that great with the men. Um, so, like, uh, I remember sitting in that church service, and, um, I mean, she had a good word. It was just real deep, you know, like, like real deep. And, and so uh, she had a good word, and she started preaching about El Shaddai, the breasted one, where God refers to himself as the breasted one, meaning that he is all-sufficient within himself, Like, God doesn't need to go outside of himself. He's already got everything that you need within himself. So he doesn't need an outside source. But this sister kind of took this whole El Shaddai thing to the next level, right? I mean, she's talking about you getting close to God and putting your head upon God's chest and and just really, really uh, uh, leaning in. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous, you know, because I've got my guy, Jim, who has never been to church in his whole life, and here she is leaning in on, on this whole, you know, breasted one thing. And Jim's sitting about three tables, uh, three chairs down, and my suspicion was confirmed when this sister said, sometimes we just need to suck on the nipple of God. I looked over and I'm like, Lord have mercy. She just went there. Did she go there? She just went there. And, and everything just kind of stopped like life paused because I got my man Jim over here and I don't want to make eye contact with this guy. And I'm looking like, oh my goodness. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hoping like maybe he didn't hear that part. You know what I mean? Like maybe he went out for a smoke because he had taken like three smoke breaks during praise and worship. So I'm like, man, maybe he was out there. Maybe he had a smoke. I don't even care what he's smoking out there. He, he could be, whatever. I'm just hoping he didn't hear that one, you know, uh, uh, 
breasted thing, you know? And so I look over at Jim, and he just looked at me, and he was like, what the? And don't use your imagination too far on a Sunday in church, but I was just like, uh. And I just said to him, I said, Jim, I, I, I have no words. I, I don't even know what that was all about, you know? And then trying to defend that on Monday morning, we come into the, into the office, and my manager said, hey, Jim, how was it at the church going with Barreto? He's like, man, I was a weird, those are the weirdest people I ever heard of. This woman was talking about the bread. God have him. Oh, it was just like, man. And I'm in there trying. I was like, well, technically, you know, like the Hebrew uh, El Shaddai. And, and I was like, yeah, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> you know, the bubble where, where we attend church and we serve in church and, and we give to our church and occasionally we venture out and we go and maybe we feed the homeless or maybe we, we volunteer in a soup kitchen and if we're really adventurous, we go out on a missions trip. But I think the reason why the Holy Spirit would have us to read about Jesus being the friend of sinners today is because we might be doing all of this good stuff, but we might be missing the main point of why Jesus died on the cross. Listen, Christ died on the cross so that the lost would be found. Hey, listen, don't get me wrong. I love church. I, I, I love coming to get the word. I love coming to worship. I love being able to fellowship with one another. But if we're not sharing our faith with those who are far from God, if we're not telling them about who Christ Jesus is and that he could save you and transform your life, if we're not inviting people to come to church on a consistent basis, we're missing the main point point. We're missing the heart of God. Listen, the heart of God is for those who are lost. It's for those who are rejected. It's for those who are despised. He wants the lost to be found, to be reconciled to God, for your neighbors to know him, for your friends to know him, for your family to know him. And I just wanted to stop by today to speak to the Christ follower to say don't forget the main point of why Christ died on the cross. It was for those who were lost without Jesus outside the four walls of this church. Hey, just like you were once lost, and then you came and received Christ as Lord, and now you are known as the friend of God. In the same way, Jesus wants you to be the friend of sinners that we might lead those who are far from God into a relationship with him. Whew. I'm going to take a sip of this here. Thank you for that. So the question then becomes, are we the friend of sinners? Are we the friends of of those who are far from God. Do, do we, like Jesus, invite people over to our house and, and sit out at the table and, and chop it up with those who, who maybe look different than we do or maybe who believe different than we do? Or are we living in the bubble? But as we look at this series about being an influencer for Christ and, and hopefully that's your heart's desire, 
I see so many heads nodding, and I'm assuming if any, anybody's watching online, they're nodding as well, and, and I hate to step on toes one more time, but um, I just wanted to, to ask a question and say, could, could, could it be the reason why we're not feeling influential for Christ is because we're avoiding the very people Jesus is calling us to influence? We need to be careful we don't find ourselves despising the very people that Jesus is calling us to love. Because Jesus was accused by the religious leaders of hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. But now look at that last part in Matthew 11 and verse 19. He said, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Proof is in the pudding. In fact, let me read you the whole verse in Matthew 11 and verse 19 out of the Message Bible. Jesus said, I came feasting and they called me a boozer, Ooh, a friend of the misfits. But opinion polls don't count for much, do they? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. In other words, Jesus is letting us know that though these religious leaders persecuted him for being the friend of sinners, the works of Jesus vindicated him by how the love of Christ transformed people's lives. The word of God is able to do it all by itself. He's just looking for somebody to declare it in love. I love how Jesus went out of his way to interact with those who were far from God that the scripture calls them sinners. Jesus went out and looked for the kind of people that other religious people tried to avoid. Because I don't know about you, but, but I want my life, I want my children's lives to align as best as possible with the way Jesus lived his life on this earth. I want to love those who are far from God in the same way Jesus loved those who were far from God. If anybody agrees with me, can you say amen? Because if you feel the same way, I just want to give you a couple of practical application points today. Because it's one thing to challenge you. It's another thing to then put some tools in your hand so that you might be able to go out and do what the word says. <clears throat> word of the Lord says, be doers of the word. And so I uh, just want to give you a couple of application points. Nothing too spiritually deep this morning. Um, if you want some spiritually deep stuff, just go on uh, generationlifechurch.com. We've got our podcast on there or our YouTube channel. You can go on there and you can see some of the past messages if you'd like. But um, let me just give you a couple of them. Uh, number one, if you're taking notes, please write this down. Number one, love, don't judge. Love, don't judge. See, Jesus hung out with those <clears throat> who were far from God. Like he, he was among them. Jesus respected them. And Jesus was respected by them. And it appears from the reading of scripture that they didn't feel judged by Jesus because they enjoyed being around him. And it showed by how people would seek him out have you ever read in the Bible where you see there's like these thousands of people and they're trying to get a hold of Jesus? Jesus would have to go retreat into the woods 
because of all of the multitude of people that were trying to follow him. He had so many friend requests that he had to take a social break from his followers because they just loved being around him. They, they hung on every word that came out of his mouth. His, his words were like Velcro. How many of my old school folks used to have the sneakers with the Velcro on them? Right? We're all about to start collecting Social Security, but those were some dope shoes back in the day. You said, I said, we, we. I didn't put you out there. I, I jumped in there with you. Um, anybody have the BK button? The shoe ain't nothing if you don't have it. No, you don't know nothing about the BKs. But anyway, um, people would seek Jesus out because, watch this, his words were full of grace and truth. Now, think about that for a moment. Full of grace and truth. Now, you have to be careful when you preach this kind of message because some might say, well, my pastor told me it was okay to be drunk because Jesus was uh, accused of being a drunk, right? But that's not what we're saying at all, right? We're not saying that at all because Jesus wants us to be the influence to the culture, not to be influenced by the culture. Because if it's okay to be a drunk, well, I guess it's okay to cheat on my taxes, right? Just maybe don't claim too much. And, and, and if that's the case, if we're talking about, you know, like uh, promiscuous lifestyles, it's okay to hook up with people and all that. But that's not what Jesus was saying at all. He was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard, being the friend of tax collectors and sinners. But Jesus would never do what they did. Jesus was never influenced by sinners causing him to share in or approve of their sin. But he befriended sinners in order to influence them with the love of Christ so that they would turn from their sin and receive God's grace of forgiveness. Mm, That was a good time to say amen right there, but that's okay. That's all right. You gave me a couple today. <clears throat> Love, don't judge. Hey, what if, what, if, what if we were approachable as believers in Christ, right? Like, like what about a smile, right? Like, what if we were kind and, and we were nice? As a believer, right, you can let people know where you stand in love, but, and, and there's absolutely no reason why someone who is of a different political party in you cannot be friends. There's absolutely no reason why people who look differently than you do or have a different worldview than you do can't be the best of friends. It's okay to have a vibrant relationship with those who might not know God. The reality is we can learn from other people and they can also learn from us. But this is so important right here. Charlie, I'm going to try it. This is muy importante. It was all right. right? It's all right. This is important. You just need to remember that you have been called to be the influence and not to be influenced. You have to have self-awareness and to know your limitations and to know your strengths to, to know your weaknesses. If, if you know you have a weakness with alcohol, then stay out of the bar if it's going to pull you down. Well, I'm in here trying to witness. No. 
You know what I mean? Like, if it's a weakness in men or women, that's not, you don't need a prayer partner right there. You need a group. You don't need to be touching and agreeing. That might lead to something that, anyway, you get the point, right? But, but if you got to let it go, you got to let it go. Like if it's something that's going to pull you down, you have to let that go. Lifeguards know this. I, I used to lifeguard a little bit when I worked on the beach. We will do everything we can to save you. But if you start trying to drown us, we got to let you go. In fact, they said you kick them right in the stomach. Boom. Because you got you to get away from that or else they'll pull you down. Hey, um, what about being an encourager? Right? Like being the encouragement to other people. Hey, did anybody get a chance to read Tuesday's Bible Devo? If you haven't had a chance to check out our church-wide Devo, it's at generationlifechurch.com, and just click on that Devo, and you can follow along with all of us. Each day we read about five minutes worth of scripture, and then we put a little comment on there if you'd like to. But it talked about a guy in there by the name of Barnabas, and there was this guy named Saul. We now know him as the Apostle Paul. He was persecuting the church. The church was was scared of this man. He receives Christ. He turns his life around 180 degrees, and then he tries to start hanging out with church folk, and they're like, man, we don't want this dude coming around here. And the Bible tells us that it was Barnabas who spoke up and said, you know what? He is a man of God. The word Barnabas means son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. Hey, um, <clears throat> an encourager that like, let me ask you this question. When, when people have a conversation with you and they, they walk away, do they feel encouraged? If we're going to be an encourager, what if we purpose in our heart to be an encourager so that when people walk away from us, they feel like they want to get closer to Jesus because they know that you spoke to them and your words were full of grace and truth in love. Be approachable. Love, don't judge. And love tells the truth. Let me give you this second one, real practical. Number two, remember people's names. Remember people's names, Gen Connects. All my orange shirt folks know what I'm about to say because I'm forever talking about remembering people's names. Hey, if I go in the grocery store and they have a name tag, use that name tag. Call them by their first name. Whatever that name says on there, call them by their first name. And, and so, so recite it, right, and, and then remember it. Remember that name. So I wanted to resource you guys with a real practical tool, real practical. And um, I have in my notes, let me just give you an example. Went into uh, the gym. My wife and I were working out like crazy. She's doing her workout, and I'm trying to keep up with her. And so I met somebody in Planet Fitness. I've met a couple of guys now. It's usually the guys who are hanging out. And so I created a note in my phone that says Planet Fitness. And so every time I meet somebody in there, what I'll do is I'll have a conversation with them. I usually tell them about the church. Uh, tell them I'm a, I'm a pastor. They usually ask me because they see my hat all the time. Uh, shout out to everybody with the Generation Life hat church, uh, church hat on. And so um, I'll get their name. And then after I get their name, tell them mine, 
Right before I'm about to walk away, though, hey, man, have a great workout. All right, hey, what'd you say your name was again? He'd be like, Chad. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll see you, Chad. And then I'll just bend around the corner, and I'll put that name right there on that note, that Planet Fitness note, right? And then I'll put it on there. Let me, let me, let me um, use somebody as an example right now. Let me use John. John White, I'll use John. He knows he doesn't like being called out, so I'll use him, right? So I'll just say, John, handsome man of God beautiful wife, good looking, you know, professional, studious. I'll put those little descriptions in here. So the next time I come walking into Planet Fitness, I'll be like, oh, there's that one dude. I won't hide from him, but I'll get that note and I'll be like, okay, that was, that was John right there. Yep, yep. Hey, John, what's up? And that's all it is right there. That does it right there. You know what happens? People get to see that you cared about them enough to remember their name. You might be thinking now, all right, hold on a second. What in the world does this have to do with growing the church? Or anybody remember the old show Cheers, right? You remember that song? Sometimes you want to go? There it is. There it is. We got it. We, we kind of came off a little rocky, but we, we kind of flattened it out there. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Now, although we don't have church in a bar... We're in a school. Um, I've heard of uh, how churches, you know, they meet in a bar and and the first time guests get a free pint in England or they give you a free beer on the house, you know. We don't have that going on. But we can still remember people's names, right? We can still be that place when people walk into the room like, hey, John, what's going on? Because that's where people want to go. They want to go where they are remembered, where, where they are known, And so the reason why I want to give you this is because it's not only professional, but it's also a way of letting people know that we care. We care about you enough. And I want to make sure that Generation Life Church, when people come in who, who don't know Christ and they come to our church, they find a place that loves them. And we show that by how we remember their name. Because as my wife's uh, student pastor, Bob Nunn, used to say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, Let me just give you this third one. Point number three, and I'm going to get out of your way, and that is invite them to church. Invite them to church. Um. I had a Chelsea, shout out to Chelsea Peterson who put these things together like this week. Designed them, printed them, and I think I asked her on like Thursday or something. So that was really awesome. Promise to not do you like that anymore, but I sure do appreciate it. But what we did is we, we printed out several of these. And I'm praying that each and every one of us would begin to take one of these and invite them to church. Um, it just says on here, it's got our logo Uh, You are loved, you are accepted, you belong. That's what we're all about here at Gen Life. They can scan the QR code. The website will pop up. They've got the service times right under the QR code. And hey, what what if we all began to invite one person at a time to come to church? You know, what's it look like? Hey, I'd love to have you come to church. I had a guy in the gym. I was just like, hey, Mike, man, you need to come to our church. He's like, well, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been, you know, I'm, and then they just start talking. 
You know, just, just, just let them know. If they know you love them, right? Love don't judge. And, and they know you, you cared about them enough to remember their name. When you extend that invite, it's a whole lot more receptive when somebody knows your motives, that you love them enough. Hey, listen, I want to encourage you. Jesus was the friend of sinners. May we also be known for being the same thing. Doesn't mean you have to compromise who you are. Doesn't mean you have to compromise your standards. Jesus didn't. But he loved those who were far from God. Hey, if you want to be an influencer, let God use you to bring those who are far from him to Christ Jesus. Hey, would you stand? We're going to sing one more song before we go. And uh, I just want to ask you one question. And I'm asking that you would, um, you would take this question with you, leading all the way up till next Sunday, and then the Sunday after that, and after that. And that is, who are you inviting to church this week? Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just give you so many thanks today, Lord, for, um, for a challenging word that you gave us today. Lord, um, we thank you that because of how much you loved us, your word says you laid your life down. And we give you thanks today, Lord. We thank you that you laid your life down, you were crucified, you were buried, you were resurrected on the third day, and you give life to all those who repent and would receive. And Father, if there be anybody in this room today, Lord, who does not know you, I pray that they would find themselves saying, Dear Lord Jesus, would you please forgive me for my sin? I believe that you are Lord, and I need you to be Lord and Savior of my life. We give you thanks, Lord, for paying the price for us that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We love you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Generation Life Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message inspired, encouraged, and challenged you in your walk with Jesus. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in person at Orange High School or online via our YouTube channel. For more information about Gen Life or to connect with us, visit generationlifechurch.com.